G'day. We hope you're enjoying our podcast. Producing a podcast is costly, both time and money. If you'd like to show your support and offer a one-off payment, even the price of a coffee or a beer, that'd be greatly appreciated and would go a long way to support us. If you'd like to leave a donation, head to the show notes of this episode and click on the ACAST supporter link. Be sure to leave your message of support too. Thanks again. Isaac Quainall, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO. The thoughts and opinions shared in this podcast are just that. It's up to the listener to decide what is true and what is not true. This podcast contains coarse language, references to violence, sexual abuse and murder, and may not be suitable for everyone. Discretion is advised. G'day, and this is Who Killed Leanne Holland, a bonus episode with Graeme Crowley, Graeme Stafford and myself, Jamie Poltz. As you know, Graeme Crowley has been travelling Queensland with his wife, and they have stopped at a local caravan park on the Sunshine Coast. So Graeme Stafford and I thought it was a good opportunity to get together and discuss the podcast and answer a few questions and just um, shoot the breeze. So welcome Graeme Stafford and welcome Graeme Crowley. And it was at this point that my mic dropped out or I accidentally switched it off. Nailed it. So what you don't hear is me asking both Grahams how they've been and describing where we are. We are also joined by Sue, Graham Crowley's wife, and Jackie, Graham Stafford's partner. There is a bit of background noise, well, I'll call it ambient noise, as we are at a caravan park that's very close to the beach. Oh, and it's the 24th of November, 2020. I then asked Graham Stafford how the public have responded to him uh, in relation to the podcast. Well... Overwhelmingly, I think the podcast was received pretty good, pretty well. You know, it's um, certainly um, received a lot of um, positive uh, response as far as um, the reviews and everything else is concerned. Sure, you still get occasional uh, trolls and whatnot, um, but, uh, you know, that's par for the course, I guess. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I was, in fact... Um, Jack and myself were only talking the other day saying that some of the stuff in that podcast we didn't know. It's like it's a, a learning curve. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, for the um, listening public, I guess it would have been very um, interesting to uh, hear a lot of the stuff that, you know, doesn't get uh, mentioned or hasn't been mentioned before. I also asked Graham if it's hard to listen to a podcast that centres around him and his movements. It is, yeah. I, I, I don't enjoy, um, and I think I've probably said this a number of times before, but I don't enjoy the uh, the limelight sort of thing. I'm not um, somebody that um, puts myself out there. Um, I mean, I, sure, I, I sort of, you know, enjoy being the, uh, the life of the party sometimes, but uh, as far as serious, obviously, uh, serious things like this, I would rather just sort of, you know, I'd like to think it would just get sorted out without too much um, hoo-ha, you know. Okay, this is the last time I will chime in. 
After this, I switch my microphone back on. I hand over to Graham Crowley and he talks about an email he received. You may recall I received a very interesting email from an ex-New South Wales police officer, retired, long service history, including 10 years as a prosecutor. He queried or, in fact, disputed the material that we put forward in Chapter 15, where we had experts who said that um, under the Act, under the 1958 Act, uh, there was no right of appeal and that once the Attorney-General concluded that uh, there was not going to be an inquest, there was no right of appeal. He he disputes that and he says that in fact under the 2003 uh, Coroner's Act, there is a right of appeal to the District Court, which is exciting news. The only problem is you, you have to lodge an appeal within 14 days of receiving the rejection notice and it's been like two years since the Attorney-General wrote to Graham Stafford. So I'm proposing that Graham put in another application for a coronal inquest and if that is rejected within 14 days, bang, we we go up to the District Court and appeal it. Um, of course, that's a New South Wales police officer's opinion or his interpretation of the both acts, the 1958 Act and the 2003 Act. And uh, Joe Crowley uh, is yet to review both acts and give his opinion as to whether there is in fact an appeal process. But it's still pretty interesting um, news and exciting, really. And how many signatures did we get on the petition? Fuck if I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. I'll keep that one in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, um, all right. It was um, six and a half thousand, I think, the last time I looked. Six and a half Something thousand. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. I thought you said seven. Yeah, no, we're Yeah, I haven't yeah. looked in a few weeks. Yeah. yeah, so we've had quite a few downloads, nearly 500, well, over 500,000. So, yeah, it'd be good if everybody who listened could sign that petition. That would go a long yeah, way. That would be, that would make a big difference. Uh, so, Graham, let's get down to some questions. So, I put out on the last chapter. I said, "Does anyone want to ask Graham Stafford some questions? Anything at all?" Surprisingly, we didn't get many questions. I thought we were going to heaps. I thought we would have got inundated with them, but we didn't really. But Graham, you've got one here, Graham Crowley. This person wonders or wants to know how you feel about never having been pardoned. Is it important to you? And what difference would it make if you were pardoned? I have always um, yeah, said that uh, I, I want to um, pursue this to the nth degree because um, the bottom line is I didn't kill the end. So at the very least, yes, a pardon should be, um, should be given. Um, obviously, we're, uh, we're all getting older now and, and it's, you know, it, it's sort of, it wears you down. Um, and, you know, we've got to uh, take stock and sort of be thankful for what you do have. But at the end of the day, what's, um, what's still nagging in the back of one's mind is this is wrong. Um... You know, I'm basically uh, expected to just get
get on with uh, get on with it being in legal limbo, you know, and um, I, I think that's wrong. You know, there, there shouldn't be this situation where you're either neither sort of guilty or innocent, sort of in between. Is there a day where you don't think about this? Or do you think about this case and your predicament every day? I wouldn't say every day. I'm too busy, uh, too busy at work to probably... Uh, but I, I guess... Um, well, m- maybe, maybe that's wrong. I mean, uh, I know that um, I come home and um, I might sort of go on the phone sort of thing a little too often and um, get into trouble for that because I'm just sort of... You know, scrolling through and, you know, I mean, we've got the uh, Facebook group that's been around for eight years now and I'm sort of struggling to come up with things new for people to sort of, you know, I mean, like you say, maybe that's why a lot of people haven't asked questions is because they've asked them on the group or I don't know. Um, I had a question for you. What was it like being in court, hearing all the evidence or hearing the prosecutor and hearing witnesses? What was it like when they're talking about you and, and you flat out deny the allegations? What What is that like, being that person sitting there? Well, frustrating is probably um, not the right word for it. I mean, yes, it's frustrating, but uh, it um, it's very hard to sort of um, maintain um, a level of composure when you've sort of um, got to abide by the rules of how a court sort of is supposed to... Um, you know, like how it's supposed to work. Um, I think I've mentioned to you before about certain things like the prosecutor at one point uh, was talking about the cigarette burns and um, then when the judge said, well, the defendant doesn't smoke, he then suggested, oh, maybe he used the cigarette lighter out of the car. And it's like, surely that's going to be a totally different thing. You know, and I mean, it was just... It was very hard to sort of like not yell at the bloke and sort of say, wake up to yourself, you moron. You know, I mean, that, that's just pathetic. But that is how it, the court ran. I mean, they were allowed to just make things up as they went along, you know. Was there a time in prison where you resided to the fact that you may never get out? Or did you think that your chances are, are done, your, or your appeals and... Yeah, absolutely. Um, after the um, 97 appeal, I thought that was it. You know, I just sort of... I, I guess, you know, for the um, for the sake of the family sort of thing, I, I just sort of had to sort of like basically accept that this, this was it. I mean, they um, had no idea what the process was and they probably thought, oh, well, you know, if worse comes to worse, he's going to have to put in for parole after 13 years. But I had um, a bit more of an idea how it worked and I knew that, uh, you know, that wasn't going to be the case. I no. Mean, that they were just going to keep me there and, you know, that would be it. I, I would just rot. And 13 years is a long time regardless. <laughs> anyway. Well, yeah, it yeah. is. But um, I, I knew from... Um, you know, being inside, that uh, there were uh, livers that uh, were just never getting out. No. Ever. And so you did You did 15 years. I heard someone once describe that um, a day was like a, like a week and, you know, a week was like a month and, you know, a, 
go on and so on and so on. Was did the days just take forever to, to go by while you're in, in jail or do they keep you pretty busy or, you know, how does well, it work? Well, it depended on, depended on your mindset, Jamie. I mean, I, um, I kept myself busy. You know, I um, found myself, you know, like I got a, a pretty cool job in the, uh, the library where I was sort of like working all day um, and then I'd come back and, you know, sort of keep my mind occupied either watching um, TV or doing crosswords and stuff like that. You know, it was... And, and the same during the day, you'd have the opportunity to do compute, sorry, computer courses and other courses like that. So it was just a matter of keeping your mind occupied. You know, otherwise, you would go stir crazy. It's a oh, long yeah, time. It is. It is. And it, you know, it, it's scary to think back on uh, how long I was in there you know, mm. um, and how much time I'd lost. Isaac Quainall, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO. So, Jackie, you've known Graham for you know, a lot of years. Have you noticed a change in him since he first you know, got convicted and went to jail and the, the person that he is now, has this changed him? Well, it, it's it's hard to answer that because when I knew him way back before he was convicted, we weren't in a relationship. Mm. So he was just a friend. Whereas now we're a couple. Mm. So I know him in a different way, mm. if that makes sense. Um, so it's hard to compare him to then to now. Mm. Because I didn't know him that well then. I only saw him on a Friday night maybe for drinks and things mm. like that. Whereas now I see him every day. So I can only really comment on how he is now. Mm. What was going through your mind when you heard that Graham was being charged? Horrified. We were all horrified. Everyone who knew Graham knew there was no, no way, no possible way that he was guilty. Mm. And there was nothing we could do about it. They just took him and that was it. We never saw him again. So when did you two reconvene? Um, I actually did go to the prison and see him. Um, but I had a very young family, so I didn't go. <coughs> I only went once. Um, when he was actually released, I came up here on a holiday. And he came with his parents and they spent the evening with us. Um, but it was only nine and a half years we've been together as a couple now that we've been together obviously on a daily basis have you been the subject of any uh, abuse from from trolls so to speak yeah and graham gets very angry what what kind of things um they sources say i'm i'm stupid for being with him don't i know he's a killer um accusing me of things which mm. is ludicrous um yeah it's very it's very hurtful but it's very personal for graham because he accepts that he should get the flack and gets really angry if it's targeted at me and the, and the funny thing is this is all behind a keyboard isn't it exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah they've they've got no proper names and they've got yeah. no um 
no guts to come and face us no. and tell us to our faces. It's mm. all done on a keyboard or, you know, messenger. So what was the podcast experience? I mean, you guys have been through it before with Murder Uncovered and stuff, but mm. what was the podcast experience like for you, Jackie? Um, it's still very hard to listen to to the person you love being described mm. as a murderer and a killer and um, people trying to say that it was him. Um, but on the other hand, there was a lot in the podcast that proved to us that it wasn't him. Mm. Like, we know it wasn't him, yeah. but proved to us in black and white, so mm. to speak, that mm. other people could then see there was evidence to prove it wasn't him. You sort of wonder, especially with the, um, the murder uncover debacle, um, where they tried to paint him out as mm. a really nasty bad person. It was nobody else, it was him. Um, and anyone who watched that show, I just feel sick when I see Michael Usher now. And those people who did the show all hid away and won't answer questions. You know, if, if they were true to and believed what they were doing, why are they not answerable? when we ask questions they just block us on facebook on everything yeah. on twitter, twitter everything yeah they won't answer any questions yeah. and yet they reckon they did their research well if they did their research they would come up with what you guys came up with so another question that we got asked graham crowley and i got asked on the podcast which we answered but we didn't answer, ask you was have you been compensated by the Queensland Police? And, and we answered it for you. We said, no, you haven't. What's your thoughts on that? Obviously, you can't be compensated for um, your time. Like, you can't get your time back. But do you feel like you should be given some financial support for your 15 years that you've been, you spent in prison? Absolutely. Um, I, I, you know, think it's a given that uh, I should be compensated for um, what's considered a, a wrongful conviction. But the reason um, you haven't is because they haven't, like, pardoned you, so to speak. They've just quashed the conviction. Yes, but they that's haven't. right. They've sort of stuck me in the little... It's in the, the middle little. sort of thing. And, um... You're not innocent, you're not guilty. Exactly, yeah. So they can sort of get away with uh, just leaving it as that and, and hoping that uh, time will, um, you know, eventually uh, pe enough people walk away from it and give up on it sort of thing and... Like put it in a too hard basket, like I can't be bothered doing that, so. Yeah. I just meant to um, also say about that ex-New South Wales prosecutor, he made an interesting comment. He, after listening to the podcast, he felt that the evidence implicated two of the three suspects that we nominated, which um, I thought was pretty compelling given his his background as well with some 40 years in the police and 10 as a prosecutor. He uh, he thought pedophile Pete should be looked at more closely and uh, Sean McFedron. Graeme, is there any questions that you were expecting people to ask when I, when we put that feeler out saying, you know, ask Graeme Stafford a question? Um, not, not any specific questions, I guess, but I did sort of think that maybe um, people might sort of uh, been a little more little more inquisitive as far as, um, you know, like one of the things that um, most people 
don't seem to um, realise is that um, you know there was no blood on my, any of my clothing, mm. and they took all my clothing. Yeah, you know, I, I had no clothing. This is um, one of the things that um, annoys me about the uh, the other podcast is um, they um, suggested that um, we had um, how was it worded. Um, Basically, that we were allowed to come and go through the house, which was um, the reason why um, some of the forensics wasn't up to standard or whatever. And what they don't realise is that uh, as of Wednesday, I think it was, when I uh, gave them permission to uh, check my car out, they basically took all the clothing, all the bedding, and from that point on, we couldn't stay in the house. Mm. Um, so I, I actually uh, went and stayed with uh, Arthur, Jackie's dad, and I had one set of clothing. That was it. That's why Mum and Dad had to come down from the coast um, with uh, a few extra sets of clothes. Um, so then to listen to the prosecutor saying that the house was awash with blood and there was blood everywhere and the blood on the steering wheel and blood, you know, all through the house, just must have been so frustrating. It was. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the number of times... Uh, I sort of worked on that car and, and cut myself, I mean, and yet throughout the whole thing they never found uh, any blood of mine, but they found blood that couldn't be grouped. That was curious, you know. I mean, why, why can it not be grouped, you know? Because uh, I, I know um, that uh, the blood on the, um, the gear knob would have been mine. <coughs> I um, remember that actually uh, taking place. I'd actually broken the, uh, it's a funny story, I, I broke the clutch cable going to um, shops uh, on the Thursday night and Melissa was in the car with me and I actually had to drive back without a clutch cable and uh, obviously missed a gear and, and it, yeah. the fibreglass, I think I had a, um, a red back spider gear knob yeah. and it cracked and cut my hand so I actually bled on the gear knob and I'm thinking well yes there, there probably is blood on the gear knob but it's mine, you know, and yeah, the Sangor test reacts to many chemicals, like we heard from Ted Jews. Mm-hmm. There's faults with that. I also received, Jamie, you may recall, an email from someone. They asked the question, was it possible that pedophile Pete was the father of Leanne Holland? And that just, that just sat me back in my seat. That was something I'd never, ever considered. And you hadn't either when I when I talked to you about it. And I got to thinking about his other daughters, the, the ones that he committed incest on. And one of those daughters made the comment, and, and I'm pretty sure it was played in the um, it was it was played in the podcast that she said her and Leanne were almost identical, like twins in facial features and hair colouring and stuff like that. And I went, oh, maybe there is something in that. But who knows? Mm. It actually explains a lot of things when you when you think about it in depth. Pedophile Pete, according to his daughter, had a lot of anger towards Leanne. He wouldn't let his children play with Leanne or associate with Leanne. And that is all consistent with someone who is angry with their daughter and and um, so, yeah. And her mother was never spoken to, right? 
As far as I know, the police interviewed the mother after Leanne's death, but need I say we haven't read the review. <laughs> so I can't comment as to whether they covered the issue of uh, paternity. I need another beer, I think. <laughs> that just blew me away, that one. It's the same. Yeah. <clears throat> Could they not have yeah, no, right. We got the email. Well, wouldn't they have... Wouldn't they have done, like, DNA? No. You need to be able to find a, a leak between Pedo Pete and the mum. I know, the, I know they traced Sandra down and got um, a blood test off her because she was the mother. Oh, OK. Down in New South Wales. Yeah. So they got a blood test from her. Yeah, but that doesn't say doesn't who her father was. No. No, 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 no. So did Leanne look like Craig or Melissa? She didn't look like Melissa. No, she, she didn't look like Melissa. She's nowhere near like she isn't. No, I knew Melissa, I didn't know Leon. Okay. She's hmm. But no. she, but she. But apparently she looked like, well, in fact, well, but she did look like uh, pedophile Pete's daughter. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we, even though we concluded the podcast, we still get flooded with emails just from, they're always anonymous, you know. People mostly trolls, but sometimes they sometimes they're good stuff. But that one was very interesting. Yeah. I thought mm. Mm. something I mm. yeah I hadn't thought of it before. Where but did it come from? Yeah. but uh, all right, was was there anything else we should discuss on record or? No, I think that, that covers it. Mm. Did you have anything you like? Did you want to say anything to the people or to the public? Well, I guess basically just um, thank, you. thank you for listening to the podcast and um, taking on board stuff that, uh, you know, obviously uh, hasn't been brought up before and, and um, thank you for uh, signing, uh, signing the uh, petition and uh, hopefully, um, you know, a lot of other people will sign it too. Yeah, yeah we still want... A resolution here we you know the coroner to agree to you know an inquest and you know for the right person to be brought to justice and for you Absolutely. to get the, for yeah. you to get your name cleared so you can get that breath of fresh air knowing that you have your name cleared mm-hmm. it's yep. not going to repay the 15 years but no no it'll go a long way and yeah graham crowley and i would like to thank you for being you know available and willing to talk to us and happy to discuss these hard matters. So thanks for participating in the podcast. And um, also thank you, Jackie, for being accommodating and, and willing and supportive of, of Graham during this. And thank you, Graham Crowley, because, you know, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have all the legwork done for uh, Graham Stafford's conviction being quashed. So Absolutely. Yeah. I know a lot of people have been emailing me or Facebook messaging me just saying, gee, that Graham Crowley's like a dog with a bone, just doesn't give up. And you know, behind every great man is a better woman. Yeah, Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. If, if you didn't catch that, that was his wife, Sue, in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll let Graham Crowley answer that. But yeah, you've got a lot of fans, mate. Choose your words wisely. <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks, Jamie. Yes, Susan said, "Behind every great man is a great woman," and can't argue with that. Graham, yes, 
mate, we're not finished here. Um, I don't believe we'll be finished until we get an inquest. So to those QPS out there or ex-QPS who are listening, we are not finished. Because we haven't read the report. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thanks for listening to the bonus episode. And uh, anything else before we sign off? No, I think uh, I think we've covered everything. Um, cool. Well, I think it's time. I think it's time for happy hour. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time. <laughs> Thanks for listening. So thanks for listening. I hope 2021 is off to a great start for you. Take care and stay subscribed to this podcast because we will update it if something is worth updating. Cheers. Isaac Quainall, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO.